we, we, we talked last week about weathering the storm. And it was interesting because the inspiration, you know, I really believe that what, what we share here on a Sunday morning, I lean on this completely myself, that this is from God. Um, I'm a vessel, but man, I'm just making myself available. And I'm saying, God, fill my mouth with what you want. Even what we're going to talk about, I believe God gives it to me for you. And we, we need to see it that way. You know, there's a scripture that talks about that. You can either see it, this being me, or you can see it as coming from God. And it will be, it'll be, be something you can apply to your life if you make it God. Amen? But anyway, last week we were talking about weathering the storm. And, and I wasn't thinking about that hurricane. I believe, it was, I believe it, was, it was given to me a word from God to share. But we had that hurricane right after that. And, you know, our, our, our daughter and, their, and her family, you know, they're right down in the middle of that. Um, and we believe that, that, that the prayers we prayed were effective. You know, there's a lot of people that are going through things right now that are, that are uh, difficult, even as a result of that. But we believe that things were averted, people were saved, uh, salvation came to people as a result of our prayer. We believe that. Amen? But there's something... Um, you know, we were, we were talking about weathering a storm, but there's a lot of other kinds of storms. There's a lot of other things going on in the world today. And, you know, there was a storm. I forget what the name of that storm was. But remember there was a storm recently. I think it was in the last year or so. It, it hit land, and then it just kind of stopped. The nice thing about this last one, Laura was really friendly. Thank you, Laura, for being here today, by the way. Yes. <laughs> we have somebody that they named the hurricane after here. <laughs> but the nice thing about Laura this time was, was that she just went right through. It was real fast. And the faster it goes, sometimes, you know, that's the way it can be. A storm can come and it can go and, it, and it's over with. And we can just breathe a sigh of relief. Remember that last one, though? It's like it just stopped and it just was taking forever. And it's just dumping water and dumping water and dumping water. And it just goes over to the East Coast. Just dumping water, dumping and, you know, it kind of seems like in the spirit there's one of those kinds of storms. Maybe, you know, that perfect storm uh, idea, you know, it's like how, how much worse could it get kind of a thing. And it, it just seems like the enemy is really storming his way up. You know, he's, he's really just doing some as much damage as he can right now. And I, I, I just want to encourage us... Um, the God we're worshiping here today, and this might sound kind of funny at first, but he's not the God of this world. He's not in charge of this stuff. This isn't according to his will. And we, we need to be encouraged in that. And we need to know that what's going on right now is because of the God of this world, which is the devil. And we have a part to play uh, but, but we have to take our place and be who we need to be right. It's critical. I believe, I believe we've been called for such a time as this. Each one of us. Man, we need to see who we are. And this is where we're going to go today. Because we looked at this last week. It's so important if you're going to weather a storm. That you get a few things right about it. Amen. And so, um, 
Let me just get into this. Let's just get into the Word today. Let me pray before we go there. And, and let's just, like I said, let's make this about God speaking to us today. Can we do that? So I, I just want to go over briefly what we were looking at last week. And um, just overview of, of what it is. That there is a storm coming. Right now we can say maybe it's already here. Maybe we're in the middle of a storm right now, right? <laughs> but whatever's going on, no, no matter how... At ease, you might feel where you're at right now. A storm is coming. It, they always do. Storms always come eventually, right? In fact, we see what we're going to see from the scripture that it's that's what Jesus said. He declared that we're going to have a storm, right? Um, but preparing for the right storm is very critical. Uh, we see that you know you can be ready for for what you think any storm is coming, and it's the storm that you're not ready for that gets you. You know, I believe part of the reason we're in the position we're at, at right now in this country is partly because I believe the, the, the church has gotten back on its heels to some extent. And it thought it, was, it thought it was ready for certain things, but the blessings of God were so wonderful across this whole country that we kind of got back on our heels and we're not really ready for the storm that's coming right now. In fact, this, this pandemic that hit recently... Even in the church, there was a lot of just sitting back and accepting things, you know. And this is not condemnation to anybody. I think, I think all of us, we're, we're wanting to do what's right. But what, where is our position at, to weather this the way it needs to be weathered? Because we can't just depend on our government. We just can't depend on science. But we have to depend on a higher power, because it, there's, there's going to be something that's going to hit us that we're not ready for. In fact, we weren't ready for this. <laughs> so it's very critical to get the right storm that you're ready for. If you get the right one, you're going to be ready for anything. And that's what we saw, that in Christ, to abide in Him is a residence that will withstand any storm. And this is very precious. This is what Jesus spoke to. He said... You're going to be able to endure anything, not just in a small way, but you're actually going to be able to be joyful in it. This is actually where our strength comes right now, is being joyful. But that has no bearing for somebody who does not know who they are in the middle of this time. Before we get into this real quick, you know, if you go back into any time that God used somebody to take to take a nation, to take a people through a time that you could call a storm. Abraham, Moses, David, any of these people. What, what Gideon especially, right? I love the story of Gideon. What did he have to do first to them? He had to start talking about who they were. He had to adjust who they were so that they could get a different identity so that they could take their place and be, make a change, make a difference in the storm that they were going to go through. And how he always did that is he adjusted their perspective of themselves to not just be themselves, but for them to be with God. And in Christ, it's really, I'm not, there's some really good stuff here today. In Christ, it's not just about being with God, but we're going to see it's being in Him. And him being in us. Until there's a full understanding of that, you can't stand up against a storm. 
until you have a perspective, a self-perspective. Because what you do is, what, what, what tends to happen is you just withdraw back into what your defenses are, right? <laughs> you just want to hide. You just want to go into hiding. And that doesn't necessarily help you to withstand or to weather the storm. So let's just get into this. Because I, uh, what I want to ask us today is, who are you? Who are you? This is an important question to ask. Remember, remember the disciples... Uh, Actually, it, it was Paul, I believe. There, there were some people following after, and they were, seeing, uh, uh, they were seeing the miracles that were being done. You know, they, amazing miracles were done through the, through the apostles, weren't they? Through the disciples. And there were some people following, around, following along. They said, we can make some money off of this. <laughs> and, and they said, uh, how are you doing this? And they, they actually tried to go and cast out some devils. Remember this story? <laughs> and, they, and they stood up and they said, In the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches. And the demon said, We know Jesus, we know Paul, but who are you? That question is very critical for us to know. Because what made Paul, what made Jesus, and even Jesus himself, we're going to look at this. It's so important that your identity isn't just you when you're standing up to the storm. You have to know who you are that goes beyond who you are. Amen? And, and, and we're going to see that this relates to where you live. <laughs> we, we saw this last week. How your, how your home is built has everything to do with how, how well you're going to withstand the storm, right? So where you're living, where you're abiding becomes an identity. And we're going to look at this. It's going to be an identity for you that gives you confidence and actually gives you security to go through the storm. Where you live. What is the status of that dwelling? Is it still in construction is, does it have some maintenance issues? You know, we, we saw what we thought might be some, some of those little critters that like to eat the wood in your house, you know. You know, if you're not taking care of things, the, the, the status of your dwelling is very critical for you to withstand the storm. You know, so God called my dad to eastern Colorado Nowheresville, Colorado, where you come across the line from Kansas and it says, Welcome to colorful Colorado, and all you see is one color. And it's gray <laughs> because it's eastern Colorado. But God called him out there, and it's amazing the things that God did in this small little town in eastern Colorado, county seat of 3,000 people, maybe 10,000 in the whole county. And I mean, it was a large you know, area. So, small, small place. But we went out there, and I remember on the corner of this, this place, uh, 6th and Lowell. Lowell, okay, so my pronunciation. 6th and Lowell, there was an old house sitting there. So Dad went in, and he bought this land and, and tore down the house, put in a basement. I remember working with him. He, man, he, he did most of the work himself. He could just do anything he needs to do. He's, he's really an amazing guy. Drew up the blueprints, did everything. But... He couldn't wait to have a revival. We had revivals. We, you know, this is where you like meet every night. 
Again, I want to encourage you on Friday nights, this is an opportunity for something a little bit different than a Sunday morning to take place. And we just want to be in God's presence for a while. Well, we would do that. And, and so he, he had what he called, a, what we called a revival. That's where you're meeting every night. Well, he couldn't wait for this construction to get done. And we started meeting in the basement when the above wasn't done yet. And we had a rainstorm come through really hard. Right? Well, we're in the middle of a meeting, and we get all this water coming down through the, through the decking, you know, that was on the second floor. Because if, it's, if, you're, if you're not done, and the reason why we're saying this is, is Jesus said we have to build a house. And sometimes we are just infants in the building part of this. We're going to see the necessity of what's, what, what's provided for us in the Word of God. It needs to be built upon, and it's going to be critical for us to become mature. And not to just assume that something that's been done for us already, that we're done. We have to grow in it. Amen? Then we have to maintain that. So we're going to identify as a dwelling place. You know, there's a lot of identifying going on in the world today, isn't there? I want to identify as this. I want to identify as this. Can we together just identify as a dwelling today? An inanimate dwelling. <laughs> You're not even a, a, an animal or anything. You're just in a dwelling. And if we can see this, it, it, to be a, a dwelling of somebody and to do, be a dwelling in, okay? There's going to be two sides to this that I, I want to see today. There's a residence. You can be a residence where somebody else comes to. Anybody come to visit you? At that point, you become a dwelling, right, that they're coming into. And then you can also be a resident. That's where you go to somebody else's house. All right? All right. Hang with me. Are you, you, got, you got some question marks already? Well, that might be good. It'll be good. All right. So when your choice is occupying uh, or dwelling, your identity is abiding or a resident. Okay? Now, this is very critical because where you're abiding enables you in your identity to weather a storm. It'll... Where, where you're hanging out becomes the identity that allows you to make it through a storm without coming down. This is according to Jesus' words, right? He said, if you build your house upon the rock, right? So this house that we're building, where we are residing and where we are going to, it's very critical that we get an identity. The Psalm 91. Don't you like Psalm 91? It's the one that we just like to go to when there's a storm coming, right? So many good things in here. But he who does what? Dwells. Did you know that you, you dwell on purpose? So... We moved, we moved to uh, Texas in 2004, sight unseen. My wife allowed me to purchase a house here, you know, with one of those virtual things, you know, where they do the video, you know, and uh, that house has become our identity since much to my wife's chagrin. She would like to rather be out here in Liberty Hill area. Y'all are so blessed out here in Liberty Hill. This is beautiful out here, isn't it? Um, 
But there's something about, you know, even, even where I grew up on the, on the corner of 8th Street in Burlington, it was a borrowed home. I lived in a borrowed home all growing up. But, but it, it, was my, it, it was where you identify. It's your home, isn't it? It's, it's what you identify with. And, but when you get to be older, then you have some choices, and you can decide where you're going to dwell. And this is where it goes for us. It becomes very critical. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When you choose to dwell there, you become a resident. You become, your identity is the shadow of the Almighty. Now, now this might hang with me on this because this has to become our identity. In this time that we're living, where, where we are abiding has to be our choice. It's not going to be, and it's a continual choice. The reason we still live on Silverstone is because we continue to choose so. And my wife's wanting me to choose otherwise. But you dwell where you're dwelling because it's a choice, isn't it? Right? I know sometimes it's a difficult choice and you might not want to, kind of like us. But for this morning, if we can see this, that where you're dwelling in your spirit, where you're dwelling in your heart is a choice. And this says, he who chooses to dwell in the secret place of the Most High, their identity will be abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. All right, can we see this? So with new birth, I, uh, with new birth, Christ is welcomed in to live Instead of an old man. And what happens when we get born again? Now this is, this is kind of a, I think this will help us with some understanding of where we're at sometimes. Because sometimes we think that just because we're born again, now I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and everything I do reflects that. But there's two sides that happen in our relationship with God. In our new birth, we welcome Jesus in to make us clean, to make us new. Right? Isn't that wonderful? What happens? He comes in. Galatians 2.20. Don't you like this? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And this last part of this kind of gives us a clue. Because... It's not enough just for Christ to live in us. We have to live in him. Now, it's our choice to welcome him in. But what causes us to dwell in him becomes our choice. It does, it's not enough to just be a new creation in Christ. Now you have to choose to dwell in him. Okay? He becomes, you become the residence of God. He's abiding in you. But now what's critical is that you become a resident of him. Can you see the other side of this now? It becomes something where it's, it's not enough just for me to be a new creation. Now the life I live, I live because I choose to live in him by faith. Amen? All right. And this is critical. 
This is critical for weathering the storm because what Christ has provided for us in an identity, where we abide is so critical. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So being in Christ, it requires that new creation to have taken place. But now to be in Christ is something that we continually grow in. We continually develop. Jesus said we build a house of being in Christ. Can we be here together? Are you seeing this? So we have a resident versus a residence versus resident. John 14, 10. And this is where, uh, this is where Jesus' words are talking about this. He, he says, I am in my Father, and He is in me. Have you ever wondered about this? Like, why can't y'all just be in the same place? Because I welcome Him into my heart, but then on purpose, I choose Him. That part is the part that we have to be involved in. That's the part that determines whether we're going to be ready for the storm or not. Because you can be born again gloriously 20 years ago. And if you're not choosing to abide in him, you're not in the secret place of the Most High. And you're not ready for the storm when it comes. John 14, 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father? And the Father is. In me. Again, isn't that a weird statement? But if you can see it this way, he welcomes the, you have to welcome the Father in, but then you have to say, okay, okay, I saw, I saw it this way. I like meditating on this stuff, and, and God gives me all these, these correlations, and it's like, oh, God, help me to remember that. And this is what I remembered, okay? When you invite somebody into your house and they come through the door, what are they experiencing? They're experiencing your home, who you are. When we, when we receive Christ into our hearts, you know what? He comes in and he abides in us. The Almighty God is abiding in us. And you know what he's doing? He's identifying with who we are, the things that we care about. <laughs> well, what happens when we go into him? We go into where he is. We go into where he operates. And we, we say, God, I, I, I'm so glad you're living here with me. But a lot of times we just want to bring God down to our level and there's no choosing to go to his. He says, I want to welcome you into my realm. Because that's the secret place of the most high. <laughs> You don't just say, God, you're here with me where I'm at. No, I'm going to choose you. on. Per I'm desperate to be where you are. I'm desperate to know you. Amen? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Jesus is an example of this. He's a, he's a man. He's, he's, he's receiving the Father's presence. He goes up on a mountain. He says, God, I want to be where you abide. Come into me. But then he says, no, I'm going to abide in you too. Amen. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works.
The house that we're building that's going to be on a rock is going to be because we choose to be in him. Amen. Oh, there's so much in, in, in the in the gospel or in the uh, in the letters, in the epistles about being in Christ. About who you are in Christ. In every one of those is a choice that we make. It's not just because he's come to abide in us, but we're, we're choosing to be in him. Amen? And you see how critical this is. Where you're abiding is so important when the storm shows up. It doesn't do any good. <laughs> doesn't do any good to have the most secure house. You know, where I grew up, the wonderful thing about eastern Colorado is we had basements. Y'all don't have basements down here. And, it, and it, it's a little creepy. You know, I, we, had, we had tornadoes go through eastern Colorado all the time. And, and what do you do? You just go to the basement and you feel all safe and secure down there. <laughs> but it doesn't do any good to have a, a storm cellar. It doesn't ha- do any good to have the most secure house. You know, there, there, there's a house up above my, my parents' place up in Colorado. Oh, it's, you, you have to go up this little road and you go up to the top of this mountain. And it's built with these great big logs. And it's completely off the grid. It's really cool. It's a really cool house. It's got these, you know, solar panels that follow the sun around, you know. And it's got all this, this thing in the, in, the, in the roof that captures the heat from the sun and so it can heat the house. And it's just, it's all, it's really cool. But you know what? You got to be a fool to have that house and say, I'm just not going to go in it when the storm comes up. You have to go in it. Our safety is not in just having a place in God. We have to go there. You know, there's a lot of pictures of this, of this uh, verse. Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will do what? I will come in. This is God's position to us continually. He's always saying, I want to come in. I want to come in. I want to come in. I want to know you. I, I, I care about you. I care about everything about you, all your passions. Every, I want to become involved in all of those things. But this, that's kind of a one-sided relationship, isn't it? I saw this in a little bit different way. This should be our, our attitude towards God, too. God, here I am. I want to come in. I want to abide in the secret place with you. Amen? Because I don't want to go through the storms of life just assuming that because you've said you're in me that I'm okay. No, I want to go into you. Amen? I want to, I want, I don't, I want to go into your dwelling place. I want to see what your stuff is like. Amen? Weathering is enabled... When his resident. Or when he is resident. Indeed the hour is coming. Yes has now come. That you will be scattered. Each to his own. And will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone. Because the father is with me. So Jesus. And we're going we're gonna to get to the. Next verse which is critical for this. Storms are coming, but where we're abiding 
is critical. And Jesus gives the greatest example. These things I have spoken to you, those things about being in his father, being his father being in him, that in me you may have peace. Not me just being in you, but in me. That sounds like a choice, doesn't it? Like, I'm going to have to go to where you are. I'm going to have to go into that dwelling place that's mine in you. Are we good? In the world, you have tribulation. So, in the world. How many are in the world right now? How many are feeling the repercussions of the world around us? Stuff happened again last night, and it's like, goodness. It's just, it's just, it's, they're not going to let it go. There's stuff going on all the time, and it becomes ever more apparent. I don't, think, I don't think it's any more important now, but I think it's more apparent. Does that make sense? All along, we should be here. But it's really apparent now that we don't, how do you not enter into fear? Well, you know who you are. You know where you're dwelling. It doesn't matter when the storm comes if you know where you're dwelling. If on purpose you're dwelling in the right place. Amen? In the world you will have tribulation, and this just does not seem like it fits here. Be of good cheer. I don't even know what good cheer is. I just thought, <laughs> is that like a good pep rally, you know, for a football game or something? I don't know. That was, that was a really good cheer. That's good for you. Um, I have overcome. So it doesn't do any good for Jesus to have overcome unless you're right there in him. Unless it was your choice to be in him. Amen? <laughs> okay. So it becomes necessary, though. And we're going to look at what this, this choice of being in him includes. And, it, and it's going to require some changes for us. Because to be in God, by the blood of Jesus, we can go right to the throne of grace. What happens, why do we need the blood of Jesus to go to the throne of grace, though? It's because we are unclean apart from the blood of Jesus. We're not, we're not qualified. But by the blood, we can go right to the presence of God. But what needs to take place in that advance to the throne of God? And we're going to see this, okay? To be in or a resident in him is to be set apart, to be sanctified. So it, it's kind of cute. Our, our son, uh, Braden, um, he's gotten very passionate in praying. And uh, it's fun to have him pray. Uh, and I, he must have learned this in, in here in his class. Um, and I'll have him pray at, at night, you know, before we go to sleep at night and stuff. And, and then for meals, I mean... He forgot the food yesterday. We were eating on Friday, and he forgot the food and just prayed this part. He says, and Father, I pray that you would sanctify this day and sanctify the rest of our lives and sanctify. And he keeps using this sanctify. I'm going to have to teach him a little bit what sanctify means. But, <laughs> you know, but I like it that he's saying this because, you know what, sanctification is very important. It's when you take this new birth that you've been given in Christ and you allow it to be worked out. 
to, to where it's not, a, it's not a, a light that's hidden by a bushel anymore, but it's exposed because it's been purified by a choice that I'm going to be in him. And to be in him is to set your life apart and say, nothing's going to taint me in this place. So, to sanctify is to render or acknowledge or to be venerable or hollow. That means you, you're going to make it. You're going to make it right. You're going to say, "No, this is important enough to me that I'm going to hollow this. I'm going to make it holy." To separate from profane things and dedicate to God. Oh, so you're one of those. You just don't do any of those things. There needs to be. This is not judgmental. It's not holier than anybody else. But we have a holy God. And if you're going to choose to be in a holy God, you have to set apart your life as if it really is in him. <laughs> to be safe in him. To, it's, it's, you don't just take all your junk and... I think I used this example with Mimi's house. Um, you know, she keeps her house just spotless. I... I wouldn't even think of wearing boots into Mimi's house. Why? Because I'm not going to mess her house up. The more being in him, being in the secret place, it becomes a, a realization, a necessity, a requirement in our life. The more we're choosing to be in Christ, the more it's going to require a separation from things that would not be acceptable in that place. You don't just go to the Holy of Holies and say, God, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to put up with all my junk. Right? No, to have this relationship with the Holy God, you're going to have to say, God, you're so important to me that I'm going to separate myself from anything that would not be acceptable to you. I'm still learning this with my wife. She doesn't like my sandals by the back door. And I keep realizing it every time she catches me. Oh man, I did it again. Supposed to, we have a special place for everything, you know. And but uh, and how long have we been married? You know, this is a relationship with God, and it's and I don't despise her for that. No, I say, how do I align? Why? Because I I I love my wife. I, I want to be in relationship with my wife, and I'm not changing her to become gnarly like me. No, no, I, I, want, I, I want to please her. Do, are, are we changing God or are we be, being changed by him? You know? Uh, to, to, to be in his secret place, there's going to have to be some sanctification, some sanctify. I like this prayer. I like this prayer. And, and, and Jesus kind of lays this whole thing out. Yeah. Your heart kind of goes out to, to what Jesus was going through. He had given himself to his disciples for three years. And he says, now I'm going to leave them. And he knows what's going to happen to them. He knows that they're going to go through all kinds of hell on earth. He's going to go to hell for them. <laughs> Actually, this was after that. But um, He knows that just as he was able to overcome what he had to go through, 
that they're going to be able to also. But it's going to be the same way he did it. Because he did it by being a residence and a resident of his father God. Amen? So let me just read this. This is just a wonderful passage. <clears throat> but now I come to you. He's talking to his father, Jesus says. And these things I speak in the world, in this place that's not heaven, <laughs> that they may have my joy fulfilled in them. What was his joy? Who for the joy that was set before him endured. Went through a storm. Did Jesus go through that storm defeated? Kind of looked like it for a while, didn't it? But he went through that storm. When he went through it, it there was a triumph at the, result, at the end of it. That's why we can be of good cheer. I love this. What the enemy means for evil, God works out for good. And we can have confidence when the storm comes. Amen? So he's, he's praying this for his disciples. He said that they might have my joy. They might have that same power to go through a storm that I had. Amen? I have given them your word. This is, this, is where, this is where there needs to be okay. When God says something, I'm going to be the one that changes as a result of it. Amen? And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. You know what's going on in the world right now? It's a bunch of anti-Christ stuff. And you know the things that the enemy's wanting to accomplish right now? He has to get rid of us in order to accomplish them. Because we're standing right in the way. And we need to stand in the way. But the way we, the way we accomplish that is knowing who we are. Knowing our residence. Abiding. Amen? And becoming sanctified. All right. <laughs> All right. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. Don't you wish to just go ahead, Jesus. Just pray that you'll take us out. <laughs> I'm glad that this doesn't go forever. But there's a necessity for us to go through storms sometimes. Amen? Because that's when our faith rises. That's where it means something to be in Him. But that you should keep them from the evil one. What is our greatest threat right now? Our, our greatest threat is, is not a pandemic. Our greatest threat is not the rising up of strife. Our greatest threat is to give in to the evil one and not abide in the secret place of the Most High. How do you do that? You enter into fear. You get more impressed by something that's going on in the world than by what God says. How do you keep from that? You remain in His Word. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Amen? That's how we keep from being overcome from the evil one there's an evil one right now we don't just see things and say oh it's just bad people no no it's and you know what my heart goes out to everybody right now these people that are out rioting right you know the temptation of my flesh is to not like them you know what i mean and and, and some of this political stuff i, I want to get caught up with not liking somebody and you know, if, if somebody is caught 
it, it, working along with the evil one, they are bound. They need salvation. Amen? So he's talking about us. He says, they are not of the world. Don't you like that? Let's just say that. I am not of the world. I am not of the world. <laughs> and Jesus said, just as I'm not of the world. Can you see how we have to see ourselves? We have to get an adjustment of how we're looking at ourselves. I'm not of this. So I'm not going to be affected by it. I'm going to affect it. Amen? So this is my statement here. In separation, entering in to the secret place. So what needs to happen? And there needs to be this part. I thought this was amazing. I thought Jesus was just perfect and, and, and didn't do anything wrong just because he was the son of God. But you know what? It was, a, it was a choice of his will continually. It was a choice of his will to be with his father. He knew who he was. He knew his, who his residence was. So he set himself apart from the world. This is, he said, just as I did it, they can do it too, God. Sanctify them by your truth. Why do we have to have God's word? Because it reveals to us who he is. Wouldn't it be rude to just go be a resident somewhere and just not talk? Have you ever done that? Have you ever done it at home with somebody? What's going on? Strive. Right? <laughs> if you're not talking, something's wrong. You at least say hi. Right? But when are you having a really good time in a relationship when you stay up till all hours of the night doing what? Talking. Finding out about somebody. Amen? Why? Because then your heart's being knit together with them. Sanctify them. What happens when we do that with God? We're doing it right now. We're hearing what God has to say about something. You know what it does? It begins to adjust how we look at our life, how we identify. No, that's not my residence anymore. I've been bought by the blood of Jesus. I've been brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's who I am now. Amen? Where do I get that? I get that from the truth that I find in his word. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. That sounds kind of mean, doesn't it? Okay, now you go out there into the world, it's like sending Braden out into the street. But he said, I'm sending them with the same power that I had. It's, it's you and me, and me and you. Abiding, where we're abiding, where, where our dwelling identification is, is critical. We can go through anything, not only just go through it, but affect it as we do. Amen? Boy, that was powerful right there. All right. And for their sakes, listen to this. He said, I sanctify, uh, sanctify them. Let's see. Let me just go back here just a second. Make sure I got what I want. All right. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their, for their sakes, I sanctify myself. Isn't that interesting? You know, Jesus was setting himself apart from the world for us. 
He was showing us how to do it. Because it was required for him to fulfill his purpose, to go through his storm, he had to be in that place. In that place where there's joy. You know what you need? You need strength when you're going through a storm, don't you? You know what? The joy of the Lord is your strength. It's not your strength unless you're abiding. Unless you're sanctifying and you're saying, no, I'm going to separate myself from the world. Anything that's defiling, I'm not going to be a part of that. You see the necessity of this? This isn't just a holy sermon, you know, you're doing bad. It's not the stuff you're doing. It's your heart towards God. Your heart will condemn you if there's something that's not right when you're trying to go into his presence. Right? And there's freedom in that. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself. That they also may be sanctified. I just thought of by the truth. How are we sanctified? By the truth. By dwelling. By his words dwelling. This becomes not just religion. It's like Pastor Kim said. This is not just religion. This is relationship that is a dwelling place. That's taken us through the storm. It's our identity. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. This is us. That they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. This is dwelling stuff, isn't it? That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. Do you know what? When we are choosing him as our dwelling, as we are being sanctified by his truth and his word, the world gets to know about him. Isn't that amazing? It's not just going out and getting a bullhorn and start trying to preach something. It's actually living it. Amen? And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. And this brought to mind this passage. When we behold his glory, we're changed from our glory into his glory. Amen? I and them, and you and me. This is more dwelling stuff, isn't it? That they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known that you sent me. Isn't that wonderful? And I have declared to them your name and will declare and will declare it that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. Isn't that wonderful? This is the prayer that Jesus prayed for the disciples that had a coming storm. They had a storm like we have never imagined. We don't know what's coming our way right now. But we need to get strong in this truth that I'm talking about right now. What is this? This is the stuff Jesus was talking about when he said you have to build your house upon a rock. Amen? Because I don't want to be a half-built house when the storm comes, when the rain's coming down and I'm trying to have a revival and I'm not even ready yet, 
Right? When the enemy shows up and you say, hold on just a second, I'm not quite ready. I need to, to go dwell a little bit. No, it's where you've been dwelling that becomes your identity when the storm comes up. And you better be inside. <laughs> he who abides, who dwells, abides, right? All right, I got a couple more. Are you with me here this morning? Isn't this been good? Resident of a weathering place. You want to weather the storm? So then you need to be a resident of the place where that's going to work. Psalm 32, 6 through 7. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. You know, right now is the time to pray. It's the time to go. It's the time to say, God, you are my choice right now. Amen? This is why it's so important to, man, let's, let's, let's get to be, do you ever go to somebody's house and just say, uh, five minutes is up, I think I've been here long enough, see y'all later, consider yourself having been visited. Does that work well? Do you, develop, do you really develop some good relationships that way? No. You go hang out for a while, don't you? Until they're looking at their watch, saying, when are they going to leave, right? <laughs> there should be some of this going on with a God. If we're actually dwelling in Him, it should be something where we're getting adjusted in, in what we enjoy doing to where He's displacing some other stuff in our life. If, if, if other things aren't being displaced, what's this old man being dead and the new coming that we looked about? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things, it's got to look like something. Right? <laughs> all right, let me just go back. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely, in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. Who is this? That's somebody who has chosen God. To be their residence when he could be found before the storm showed up. Amen? You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. Who gets in a hiding place? Anybody play hide and go seek? Bella came over, Braden's half sister. Oh man, she likes to play hide and go seek. And Hayden can hide almost in plain sight and she doesn't find him. I'm Braden. <laughs> no, we've got too many Aidens going on here. Uh, yeah, he's hiding like in plain sight, and I'm trying to point at him, and she's just not. How did he get there? How did he get in that in that hiding place? He he, he chose to. He, he went there. He it, it was it, it didn't just happen, right? You are my choice. You're my hiding place. You're, you're where I'm going, where the storm isn't going to get me. I'm identifying with abiding in you. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Don't you like what happens to us when we choose his presence? He's the glory. He's the lifter of our head. He strengthens us there. And back to Psalm 91. You can just, everybody just kind of sigh. Ah, 
Back to the secret place in Psalm 91, right? Because you have made the Lord. Who did this? We did it, didn't we? Said, huh, where am I going to abide today? I'm going to make the Lord my abode. I'm going to make him my hiding place. Amen? Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. But where is my eternal dwelling place? Amen? What's really cool about this is when you go to dwell there, and this was part of Jesus' prayer, you go, and this is why we need to learn to love each other, is because we're all in the same house. Don't you like that song from a few years, It's a Big House? When you abide in him, you're going to be abiding there together. You're made to be one. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. It's kind of nice to get this information, isn't it? Get a lot of other information. I like this information. For he shall give his angels charge over you. To keep you in all your ways. What happens when we choose him as our dwelling place? It, it becomes a place that is surrounded by songs of deliverance. That's surrounded by other people who are, have chosen that same place. Aren't you glad that what we see in the news right now that's making the most squeaking and the most squawking and the most noise doesn't represent what's right in America? That stuff. We're not alone here this morning. There's a whole bunch of us across this country. Amen? And each one of us, he has given angels to keep us. Amen? But do you see how critical it is for when somebody says, who are you, your dwelling, your address becomes part of your response. Amen? It identifies who you are, your ability to weather the storm, and where you're going to be on the other side of the storm. Amen? God has a place for us. It's a place of victory. So like Jesus said, I'm going to go through this thing, and on the other side of it, it there's going to be some victory on the other side. Amen? Your sanctification, your choice of Him, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fill you with confidence, but then it's going to enable you to take somebody else with you. Amen? And right now, our country is in great need of us to take them with us. Not to just say, oh man, I wonder what's going to happen next. You know, let's have that same attitude and say, I wonder what's going to happen to them next because of me. Amen? That should be our attitude. Now, does that mean we sit back and just wonder when it's... No. You know what happens with this? When you become a, an abider, <laughs> you, you become a abider in the dwelling of the Most High. Do you know what? God wants to affect this world, and He's an active God. He's going to do it through us. It's not something where we're going to... The more you get in Him... 
the more activated you are in prayer and in actually going and touching somebody, making a difference in somebody's life. Amen? You're wondering what to do. Well, God, when you go to dwell in Him, He's going to equip you with that. Amen? That's what takes place in the hiding place, in the secret place. You're equipped to be effective. David, you know, when he got into his, his biggest problems was when he was staying in the castle when he was supposed to be out on the battlefield, right? When he was operating in his gift, when he was operating in the power of the Holy Spirit, he was out doing what God had called him to do. There's a place for us in this. Amen?